Can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Adore Beauty acknowledges First Nations people as the traditional owners across the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to Elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome back to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Hannah First. And I am your summer co-host, Melissa Mason. So Mel, I don't know if you know this, all the OG listeners will know this, but for the longest time since I was probably 15 years old, Colin Farrell was my number one celebrity crush. Mm -hmm. I must have a thing for Irish guys and Canadian, but but as a celebrity crush, definitely. (laughs) Just just throw that in there. (laughs) Just definitely have a thing for Irish guys. And do you know what was so funny? This is so bad, but he he was at a hotel in the Gold Coast and some guests and listeners were there sending me photos of him. like you were doing the lord's work i was single at the time and i was like should i fly up and book into the hotel (laughs) (laughs) but i have a new irish obsession and his Mm. name is barry keoghan i've spoken about him on this podcast and what Mm. i really love he's got doing award season i love what he wears i love his vibe and i started stalking him on instagram because his instagram's on fire and his captions are so funny he said to go see the movie and then you saw this on my insta probably but he did all these emojis that represented the movie and then in brackets he wrote drain emoji which i just thought was like (laughs) so clever (laughs) he seems very funny i love him too So then I get into a bit of a stalking, I'm stalking, 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 and I find out that he has a skin therapist. Her name is Cynthia Marie Crawford, and her Instagram is Sid Marie Therapy, and I start, like, scrolling through, and I've just sent you. Mm. She wrote in April 2023, look who got their very first skin treatment with me a couple of days ago. So this was in April of last year. He gets his first skin treatment, and his skin looks looks all right i mean i think he's quite yeah young. it's a li- there's a little redness there's a few little blemishes but he's looking good he's looking good he looks a bit like he doesn't know what's just happened he's taken a yeah. selfie close up <laughs> he's confused he's commented on this post surprised i can stay still for more than 45 minutes thank you cynthia part of the family and oh my god is she part of the family now he tags her in all of his posts as he should because i mean he is one of the glowiest celebrities at the moment i have to say so i sent you can now i want you to describe i've sent you his 18th of november so what this is six months later of getting skin treatments yes. with Cynthia. This is we- weekend skin prep is the caption. Can yeah. you kind of describe what six months of skin treatments, where he's been and <laughs> where he's come Where he's been and where he is now. Look, honestly, the man looks like he has like peeled. You know how we're talking about peeling the skin off someone's <laughs> face and putting it on yours? That's what it looks like. He's so smooth, blemish-free, pore-free. He's like the male Hayley Bieber, I swear. It's ridiculous. He has glass skin to rival actual glass at this point. And you know what? He looks more confident about it now. He looks like a man who's properly committed. He's got like a Mona Lisa smile on his face. Like I'm not sure. (laughs) I don't know what he's thinking. 
But he loves it. <laughs> He's like, you'd love to know my secrets. Our producer will put the two photos in the episode notes if you want to go have a look because they just, it, it'll make you laugh for sure. So Mel, what is on today's episode? Well, today's cringy is all about toenails and where and when it's appropriate to cut them. And then we're going to be talking to Dr. Catherine Armour about what air conditioning does to your skin. And finally, the products we didn't know we needed. Okay, so Hannah, I mean, I feel like this is a massive thing to admit to listeners who are only just getting to know me, but I have no issue with cutting my toenails kind of anywhere with anyone around. So I will sit on my couch at home, for example, and happily just like get a pair of clippers and start clipping them with my boyfriend, Tom, sitting next to me. And he hates it, by the way. So he cannot stand this. (laughs) My boyfriend does this over the bin in the kitchen and I can't stand it. You're like, I can't even deal with it when it's like meters away from me, let alone right next to me with bits flying up into your face, which he has said has happened before, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) But it started this whole conversation with us, right? Of like, where is it appropriate to cut your toenails? Like, I feel like you can cut your fingernails weirdly just out in the open. Yes. It's, there's a, there's a real separation between hands and feet there's something yeah. there's something even if you just got out of the shower and both hands and feet are clean there's like mm-hmm. a stigma towards feet yeah do you know what I mean yes there's something about it you know like you wouldn't touch someone's face with your foot which I've also tried to do Tom before <laughs> as a funny and he did not think it was funny but you yeah you could like you know we use our hands for everything it's very strange hands probably have more bacteria on them mm. right Yeah. But we have this issue with toes. Anyway, so where do you cut your toenails? If you don't like Nick doing it over the bin, where are you doing it? (laughs) Okay, first of all, I don't cut my toenails. I get schlack pedicures. So that's firstly. But then sometimes your your toes need a break. If you're a runner like, or if I'm going on a hike, a long hike, the shellac will then sometimes turn into like, you know, a mess because it's so hard. So sometimes I'll have nothing on my toes occasionally. I will do it in the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Like inside the toilet bowl? I've only done it a couple of times because I never cut my toenails. Because the bin in my bathroom is too small. You know how they just go everywhere? They do fly. Fly. They really fly, yeah. I don't want them to fly all over the bathroom floor. So I'll do it over the toilet and cut them and then they'll go into the toilet and then I'll flush the toenails. I don't know why you think that's disgusting. (laughs) To me, this is way too far just to cut toenails. Maybe because I rest my foot on the toilet seat and that's... I'm still not getting it. (laughs) It's fine. If anything, I think you've gone too far. Like you're being too discreet about it. Oh, okay. It's Who cares? This is my thing. Okay, this is my argument with Tom always. Mm -hmm. If I just cut them in the lounge room and like I'm not saying I cut them and then I just like walk away and like let the like detrius of nail pieces just lie all over the floor. I go get the vacuum and then I vacuum up all the toenail bits, right? Yeah. And to me that is a cleaner, more organized, less insane way of cutting my toenails than getting my foot in a precise angle over the toilet (laughs) so they ping off into the bowl so you can then flush them down. And, like, are you in there and not telling Nick what you're doing? Like, are you in there just being like, 
I'm just having secret bathroom time. I do it on my own, but he also has a yeah. weird thing. You know, when you try to take your own SNS off at home, yeah. don't recommend. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> so hard. And then I use a file to file, like if I'm filing off the top of, he says that is like fingers down a chalkboard and he'll get really oh, mad. A thing for him. He's got a yeah. real thing about like, like, like if I'm filing the toenails after or whatever, like, no, he can't deal with any noise that is associated with filing. So I usually just do it on my own secret yeah. single behavior, except it's not single. Yes. Yes. I was going to say, actually, because we did poll the Adore Beauty office about this and most people are on your side right. and like a little private time. Someone said I cut them leaning over the toilet. Yes. I was going to say when you were talking, I was like, was that you? <laughs> Oh my god, that was not me. Oh my god, I thought I was so unique in this flipping to scenario. Like no one's an individual. I am not a snowflake. <laughs> You're just not. You know how I said that I'll cut them around anybody. When I say anybody, I mean like those closest to me, like my sister, my family, certain friends. But I would not do this. Someone said I saw someone cutting their toenails on the train once. No, no, that is like, do you ever hear, I feel like this is a myth, right? But the stories of people like taking a whole roast chicken and eating it out of the bag on the train. I've not heard of that, (laughs) but that sounds like something that would go viral on TikTok. (laughs) I feel like it comes up often. People do some strange things on the train. And sometimes I'm like, look, if you've got a long commute, I'm going to let some things slide. I'm not going to let cutting your toenails no. on the train slide. That is not acceptable. That's Yep. Un- I would say that's unacceptable. The one thing I would say is that the worst is on airplanes when people, they've got gross toenails and then they mm-hmm. take their shoes off and put their feet wherever they want. I mean, that's oh. a big thing as well. Just a foot coming through between the two oh, chairs. Oh, my God. That's the worst. <laughs> Just like a disembodied foot. I did have I've I think I've spoken about this before but I did have a guy next to me once on the plane who was picking his not his toenails but his foot skin. Oh no. And he had oh. his foot up on his knee so it was near my face and he also mansplayed his arm so he's uh, you know when they put their arm over your yes oh don't get me started on that but yes I know exactly what you're talking about I love this person I cut them while leaning over the toilet fingernails straight into the bin but you got to get a good angle on the toes and lean against the toilet seat well (laughs) I go straight into the toilet bowl so no problem there this one again this to me seems like no offense to this person this seems like psychopath behavior behavior I always lie down a tissue for the off cuts <laughs> like you're creating like a little platform for them yeah but that's good <laughs> I like this person private on a tissue in the bathroom like that's something I that I'm gonna do that next time I like that but instead of tissue I'm gonna lay down paper towel the squares like six squares yes. on the bathroom floor and <laughs> gather it all up together and scrunch it in the bin hide your shame <laughs> <laughs> Well, please, can you guys DM us and let us know how you cut your toenails? Because I cannot be the only one who doesn't have an issue with just doing it out in the open, surely. We have a return guest, Dr. Catherine Armour, a cosmetic and medical dermatologist. Welcome back to the podcast. We love having you on. Nice to be here. Nice to be back early in the new year. 
So we are talking about air conditioning and how it affects the skin. And we've all heard that aircon can affect our skin, kind of makes it feel like it's drying out. Um, people talk about it all the time. Is it a myth? Is it true? Does AC contribute to dehydration and moisture loss? We want to hear from the expert. Well, this one actually is true. In contrast to we should drink water to hydrate our skin, which is a myth, air conditioning does actually <laughs> dehydrate our skin. And that's because air conditioning works by lowering the temperature and drawing moisture out of the air. So in doing that, it also draws moisture out of the skin. And that's because moisture or water tends to move along a gradient. So it moves from an area of higher concentration, which will hopefully be our skin in this instance, to an area of lower concentration. And we see the same thing, obviously, just during cold climactic or environmental conditions in the winter. And also if we have a bath or a shower and then we hop out and we don't lock in the moisture from our shower with an occlusive moisturiser, we actually see the same thing. Bathing will actually decrease the water content in our skin in this circumstance. And then that can, of course, lead to disruption of that precious epidermal barrier, which keeps our moisture where we want it in the skin and can lead to sort of dryness, itchiness or irritation over time. And so how long would you need to be in an air-conditioned room for it to actually start impacting your skin? So I did actually look into this, Mel. I couldn't find any studies to like quantitate that to, to give us an actual time. But anecdotally, I would say... You know, being in an air-conditioned office for probably half a day or so is enough to really have a significant bearing on your skin. Or even an hour or two in an, you know, on an aeroplane flight, you know, you'll notice that your skin feels a bit dry and even your eyes as well, of course. I mean, your eyes, I think, dry out even more quickly. You'll notice that over even an hour or so. And anecdotally, why do offices aircon the room's so cold. I hardly mm. ever have the aircon on in my home office. But when I'm in the office, I'm like, oh my God, this is just like, I feel like I'm in the Arctic. I don't know if anyone else relates to that. Yes, I have the same problem in pretty much all my <laughs> workplaces. I think it's in really big buildings. It's really hard to control the temperature even between different rooms it's sort of like a one size yeah. fits all situation yeah I noticed that in, in our practice it's either sort of 15 degrees which is too cold or it's 28 yeah so I think that's yeah. a problem in a lot of large workplaces where we are all a victim to it and airplanes as well, which we're going to talk about now because airplanes, sometimes I'll mm -hmm. walk on and everyone's shivering, like, <laughs> like, air, like what? Like it's so cold. So do we need to adjust our skincare routine for the days we're going to be in that aircon workplaces and if you're going to do like a really long flight? Definitely. I mean, it's become quite a cultural thing, isn't it, to have your in-flight routine or spritzes or things to look after mm. your skin. Definitely, it's worthwhile upping the ante with your moisturisers and make sure you're using probably a, if you tend to have a, a dry skin type or even normal skin rather than oily, you want to make sure your moisturisers contain both humectants and occlusive ingredients because not all of them will. So humectant ingredients draw water into the skin and those are ingredients like good old glycerin and also hyaluronic acid. But in order for those to actually be useful, you need to make sure you're using moisturisers with 
uh, occlusive ingredients as well because they actually seal those humectant ingredients in. So commonly available occlusive ingredients include shea butter, so squalene, which we all love. And whilst ceramides are not, strictly speaking, occlusive ingredients, they actually act in the same way as occlusives because of their skin barrier support benefits. So looking for moisturisers containing ceramides is also really useful. You know, if you're able to skip the makeup, it's obviously worth topping up your moisturiser during the day while you're on a flight or if you're at work in the office. And also, look, I think if you are quite prone to those dehydrating effects of air conditioning, then try and avoid other kind of drying ingredients or products within your skincare routine. So I'd avoid astringent toners or foaming cleansers and try and stick to a fairly gentle skincare routine. The other thing is if you're going to be in and out of, say, an office during the day, even just topping up your sunscreen will have some kind of moisturising benefits as well. So if that's something you can also do, that's obviously got the double benefit of sun protection to try and improve your hydration. Mists and toners, you know, these hydrating mists and toners have been touted sort of as the ultimate panacea to dehydrated (laughs) skin, but they're mostly full of just, you know, water, obviously, but Mm. hyaluronic acid as well. So, you know, you could argue that they're actually going to make the problem worse because they don't tend to contain occlusive ingredients because occlusive ingredients can't really be misted. And so then, you know, you're not going to be locking them in with it. If you're just going to spritz Mm. a toner or, you know, a hydrating hyaluronic acid mist over your face, it's just going to sit there on the top and actually potentially draw the moisture out of your skin. So whilst they feel really nice and cooling, I'm not arguing that they don't feel good. They're probably not going to amp up the hydration level in your actual skin. What do you do, I suppose, if you do have combination skin? Do you avoid using an occlusive on areas of your skin that might be prone to oiliness or blackheads, for example? Yeah, that's a really good question, Mel. Yeah, it's also looking at the actual base preparation that your moisturizer comes in. So for somebody with a combination or oilier skin type, you may actually find a moisturizing lotion contains enough humectants and occlusives. They're just in a, a lower concentration, a lighter formulation. So they hopefully won't increase the blackheads or the congestion. Or again, you can just stick to putting those hydrating products in the areas that you need them. Because I think most of us tend to find that it's probably more, you know, around eye area and our cheeks that are the areas that really get dehydrated. So you could just put your moisturizers there where you need them, be a little bit personalized as it were. Because I feel like what happens in summer, especially, and also with the, you know, aeroplane example, is that you're going from like, 30 degree high humidity into like 15 degree (laughs) zero humidity air conditioned spaces. Does that impact skin? Yes, the skin barrier does not like that at all. It's one of those environmental (laughs) Mm. stresses that can potentially even cause inflammation, inflammaging. So those sort of extreme changes in temperature are more likely to cause that skin barrier disruption and potentially dehydration. You know, the other thing is actually that, so you may sign up get red, irritable, itchy skin and have a flare of underlying skin conditions. And interestingly, so so rosacea and eczema, particularly apt examples there. The other thing is that there's a specific type of hives or urticaria called cholinergic urticaria. And that is specifically triggered by those really extreme changes in oh, environmental wow. temperature. So going from either 
hot to cold or, you know, really cold to hot. So I have patients who, for instance, go into the frozen food section or uh, in the supermarket or the beer fridge Mm. at the bottle store and boom, they break out in these tiny hives everywhere. So yeah, those extremes of temperature can be quite problematic for some people. And actually, you know, people who are taking isotretinoin for acne, you know, who do have a bit of skin barrier impairment while they're taking that medication, they should be sort of particularly aware of the need to amp up their hydration uh, when they're on Mm. a plane. Yeah, because I'm oily skinned, I probably related less to this topic because I'm like, I hate the aircon just because I I hate being cold, but actually my skin doesn't feel like it gets super dry because it's already quite oily. But are there any specific skin conditions that might find aircon extra irritating? And do you have any kind of tips for those people? I think you mentioned eczema and psoriasis. Yes. So I think the patient groups um, that are particularly flared up by air conditioning would be eczema and rosacea because the skin barrier disruption or impairment is you know, a particular feature of those two conditions. But again, yes, patients with psoriasis, whilst barrier you know, impairment's not a particular problem of that disease, it's also a, can be a very itchy skin condition. So they can, just by their skin getting dried out, that can make the itch associated with psoriasis worse. So I think for, you know, for those people suffering from eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, just to be aware to, you know, moving into a working environment where it's going to be strongly air conditioned and they're not used to that, or they're going on a long haul flight to probably make sure they take, you know, an extra really nourishing, fragrance free moisturizer with them so they can top up, you know, during their flight or during the day at work to stick to gentle cleansers, make sure they're fragrance free, and just, yeah, avoid those other irritating skincare ingredients. So, those are not the times to suddenly introduce a retinoid or an alpha hydroxy acid or vitamin C into your skincare regime because it's going to bite you in the bum because your your skin barrier may initially get upset and then you add potentially irritating ingredients. If you want to do those things, which I wouldn't recommend in, in eczema or rosacea, to be honest anyway, but if, if you did want to do that, save that for a time when your skin, you know your skin's going to be more robust than usual. I really relate to this because I get eczema, but I especially find air-conditioned rooms will wreak havoc on my eyelids. Yes. And we sort of talked about skincare products that you can have on hand through the day to keep your skin hydrated, like these, you know, these moisturizers that have humectants in them. What about your eye area? Is there anything you recommend to have around for that? Yeah, that's a good point. So your eyelid skin is definitely the most sensitive skin on your face. And of course, the you know, it has fewer layers to the epidermis. Uh, it's thinner skin than anywhere else, more fragile. A lot of the skincare brands have really beautiful beautiful balm products available now, which, you know, if you do get a bit irritated and flaky, are really nice to use. So Bioderma, La Roche-Posay and Aven all have different, there's Sikaplast, Sikabio, etc. that are, you know, are specific balms that are really lovely for eyelids and lips. So you can pop them on. Obviously, they're going to wreak havoc with your eye makeup. <laughs> so you'd want to be probably not wearing too much on the lid. But even good old Vaseline petroleum jelly, which is you know a bit greasier again than those things is a really lovely mm. hydrating and occlusive product i mean i personally think vaseline is really underrated it's brilliant for everything but <laughs> yeah looks great on your lips anyway doesn't it but even if you find that's too much during the day 
that'd be a great thing to put on your eyelids at night when you go to bed because it mm. has then a good seven or eight hours to sit there in situ and settle things down overnight. Well, thank you so much. I really want to ask workplaces to stop air conditioning. Yes. Offices so much, but that's all right. They're probably not going to. So this is really helpful. Thank you so much for joining us today. That's a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on again. So Mel, what is your product today? My PWD KWN. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so proud of myself. I have been practicing it, which is weird. <laughs> but <laughs> I like to win, okay? I'm competitive. Anyway, mine today, going back to hair, as people listening may know by now, I have very long hair and I am always want it to be longer, always constantly want it to be longer. But I'm also very bad to it. I use a lot of heat, straightening, curling stuff, hair drying. I'm just terrible with it. So this has been a ride or die hair mask. For I reckon like 10 years of my life and I just needed to talk. I actually did mention this when we did an episode a year, two years ago, Hannah, when I came on as a guest, but I never got to talk extensively. Oh my God, yes. I asked you about your hair. Yes. yes. Okay. So it's the Muck Deep Muck One Minute Treatment. Just to stay in theme, I'm so lazy and I have talked about this before. I cannot deal with like 15 minute masks. They're not going to work for me unless it's like a real self-care day and I'm leaning in. Generally, the faster I can be in and out of the shower and the faster my hair can be done, the better. A friend of mine actually got me onto it because she had gone full platinum blonde and really ruined her hair. And she was like, this is the treatment that has it really helped keep it softer. So you just like, you know, slap it in, leave it in for a minute, which means you can just be in the shower. I mm. usually just put it in, then do like, you know, face wash, body wash, shave, etc., and rinse out. And it doesn't take ages to rinse out. It really soaks in. Like I just don't usually expect that from quick masks, but this one genuinely I've noticed such a difference. I have never not finished a bottle And that is saying something because when I was a beauty editor, I would get sent a lot of product and I would always be trying different things. Uh, But that was the one that like always, always always came back to. So, and yeah, and it's actually, it's quite affordable. It's $29.95 bottles, like pretty, pretty decent size. Like it lasts quite a while. So yeah, big, big love for that one. So I'm talking today about a retinol alternative for my fellow red face retinol gals. Mm. So I'm not like using retinol that often, but. And I'm going to admit that. I admitted that to my friend the other day because she was asking me about, she wanted to get prescription retinol. And I'm like, are you sure? Like she thinks that I'm using like prescription retinol. And I was like, absolutely not. My face <laughs> like would burn off. So for those that are looking for an alternative, it is the Core Organics Plant Stem Cell Retinol Alternative. It's a Bacucciol. So if you haven't heard of Bacucciol, it's meant to improve the visible signs of aging and smooth sort of the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles and firm the skin but the whole point of it is that it doesn't cause irritation or dryness which is the issues that I have with retinol and that many people have with retinol obviously retinol has been studied Mm. and has that I think there's a bit of in the beauty industry a bit of like there's these buzzwords and picucciol and like the new retinol it's not retinol obviously it's just that it's like there's a gentler alternative that you can use to get some of the same benefits so you can actually trial it. I have the 10 mil bottle mm. and you can actually buy the 10 mil bottle on a door beauty. So you don't have to go in for the full 30 mil. That's so good. Yeah. Hard when you aren't 100% sure if it's going to suit your skin. Totally. 
Uh, what I will say, there was a review that someone had said that they received a sample and that the texture felt really nice on the skin and it certainly didn't sensitize my skin at all. I'd need to use it more frequently to know if it's a good or retinol alternative. I feel like that is my review. Like yeah. <laughs> really, it's a really nice texture. I wasn't sensitized the next day as I sometimes am mm. if I'm using retinol because I haven't built my tolerance back up. So if you are looking for a Bacucciol and you've heard about it and you think I'm not using retinol and I'd like to try something different, this might be a really good option for you. Okay, so on the weekend, I had uh, like Saturday night with the girlies, kind of night we went to a <laughs> wine bar. And <laughs> this is my favorite FYI kind of night. Like often I will just be like to my friends, boyfriends are staying at home. What is that song? Like ladies leave your man at home, but it minus the club full of ballers. <laughs> like just, <laughs> just, just ladies leave your man at home, end of Destiny's Child song, you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, because it's just fun. I think to go out with the gals and you just go and have wine and you just like we moved from like cocktail bar to cocktail bar. It was a really nice night, but I ended up doing that thing. I am that girl in the bathroom. Like if you have been out to a bar on a Saturday or Friday night and there is someone in the bathroom who is just doling out the compliments and just telling everyone their life story and like, you know, talking at everyone. That is me. You probably met me uh, if you're in <laughs> Sydney. And I was doing that on Saturday night with this girl who was just doing her, like fixing up her makeup in the mirror. I was washing my hands and I was like, oh, your perfume smells so good. And she turned to me and was like, do you want some? And she was like, whips it out of her bag. And I was like, yes. And she like misted me all like over my chest and my like hair and then just disappeared into the night. Never saw her again. And you know, with perfume, how initially you get a great smell, but then it settles and it can become better or worse, depending on like, you know, (laughs) what the perfume is. This one just got better and better. And then I woke up in the morning and I hadn't washed my hair yet. And I was like, oh, what is that smell? And then I remembered this mysterious perfume woman and my hair's really porous it really holds scent so I've washed my hair scents and I'm talking like double shampoo conditioner and I was styling it today and I can still smell it in my ends and it's just what are the notes well we need I'm gonna try I said this to you we need a shazam for perfume I'm sniffing it right now Let's hear some notes. Maybe I can help or I can give you an alternative. Okay. I'm so bad with perfume, but I'll try. Look, it's it's definitely floral. There's definite musk in there because I'm definitely a musk gal with fragrance. I couldn't honestly tell you anything else. It's it's floral, just it's musk. light. It's What did it's, the bottle look like? Can't remember. No idea. Feel this, like I saw a flash of pink potentially okay. didn't. So okay, potentially pink, but maybe not. <laughs> maybe totally blue 50, or something. Fifty-fifty. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing with fragrances because I have who is Elijah, like all the different scents. Like yes. I've got the ten mil. I think there's six ten mil fragrances. I don't know what each of them is. I just really like to mix it up. Yeah. And then people will ask me like, what, do you, what fragrance is that? I'm like, I don't know. It's who is Elijah, one of the six fragrances. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know You're the their best salesperson. It's Those just... people are going off buying all six fragrances <laughs> just to figure it out. Well, I like the 10 mil because like yeah. I, I like to just like mix it up and have, I just, I don't even look at the name. I just grab it and I just spray it and then that's it for me. I think that suits my personality, you know. I for love those that, that know for me you. on the podcast. I think that really <laughs> suits me. 
<laughs> chaos. But look, I need Shazam for perfume to happen. And I don't know how they, but I feel like they can do this. I mean, AI exists, right? What happens mm-hmm. when you just like are on the train and you don't know who the perfume is coming off? Like, what do you do then? I can't mm. just go up to every single person and sniff them and say, it's you. I like your <laughs> perfume. <laughs> Well, that is a business idea for us for another day, Mel. But (laughs) otherwise, we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And we'd love to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you could leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. 